VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Our number two on this Thursday morning. I'm Kevin Walsh, joined by Donnie Wrightside. Let's get you an update at the Open, where right now the odds are telling us that Rory McIlroy is off to a nice start. Plus 430, more than half of his pre-tournament price DRS has been cut off here on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Yes, it has. And also, this is taking a flyer saying, all right, we understand that he's still three shots back of the leader here, Cameron Young. But you're looking forward to a pedigree golfer over four days in his own environment in the UK. He should be able to handle that. And quite frankly, most people think that as well. But I don't know if I'm paying that price here, Kevin. Through about halfway through, still a lot of guys behind, you know, that haven't even teed off yet. If I want to play a plus 470 price on Rory, Maybe if he was the guy in the clubhouse right now, Kevin, at a minus seven price and every, excuse me, minus seven figure and everybody else mm-hmm. was minus four. Does that tip you right now? Because I look at Cameron Smith here, excuse me, Cameron Young, who is a minus seven, and he's at 10 to one. Now, typically those guys that get off to hot and fast starts here, do they hold on? Well, maybe if they can go wire to wire, if it's like a Tiger Woods, a Phil Mickelson, or, you know, golfers in their prime, the Dustin Johnson have been playing well. But I don't know if I'm ready to commit there to Rory McIlroy at a plus 470 price, still being three shots back here with roughly three and a half days left. Yeah, I, I think the, the reason that that really doesn't line up is unless Rory basically ends as your round one leader, I don't think the number's yeah. going to be getting much better than that. And they have the odds up right, right now for round one leader. Cam Young is minus 160, and these are changing, it feels like, by the minute here, uh, with his being, uh, you know, seven under. Rory is the second choice at 12 to one. I think trying to maybe take a shot there would make a little bit more sense. They also, by the way, have the round one score for Rory listed. 66 or worse, minus 152, 65 or better, plus 120. So nice to see some extra live options being added there. So you see kind of Rory again dominating at the top. You mentioned Cam Young. He's got the third best odds in the middle of them right now. Someone Cam Stewart told us a lot about, which was Cameron Smith. He checks in at 8-1. to He's 5-under. He, though, has already finished up his opening round. Yes, and we got way too many cams out here in the field, right? You know, Cam Stewart, Cameron Smith, Cameron Young. I mean, if these two guys are going to be on the top of the leaderboard, which they are at minus seven and minus five, you're going to have to do a lot of double checking here on which guy that you actually wager on. But how about this? The thing that I always like about the Open 
you take a look at some of these golf courses here. They're not like American golf courses where the Masters, all about beauty and pristine. These are about historic places here and where they played over the past 150 years. How about Ernie Els, a minus four after 11 holes here? You see some of these older guys creep up, those you know smart, shrewd golfers that have played so many Opens in the past. Maybe Ernie Els can hold on here, not to say he's going to win the tournament, but quite frankly, seeing him at minus four through 11 holes. If we look at the FanDuel Sportsbook here, are they believing here, Kev? Because I'm sliding down to try to find where Ernie Els actually is here in the actual posted. I, I keep scrolling down. I can't find him. Let me know if you have it up here where you can find. Oh, Ernie Els, 150 to one Light. to win the U.S. Open at four under through 11. And again, just to put that up against Not Rory McIlroy with the same scoring at a plus 470. I mean, would the guy be like a pick em to make the cut at 150 to 1 to win the tournament? I like, like, can I get that updated price? On? Yeah. Like, I don't, they don't do the updated uh, finishing position, at least it live. Like, I don't know where Ernie yeah. Els is checking in for top 10s, but it doesn't seem. Like all that high. Our radio audience, by the way, is here on this Thursday morning. Kevin Walsh, Donnie, right side of the early line, Sirius XM, Title 159, sending you an open update right now as we are about eh, midway through, I would say, the first round of golf. One thing, of course, that we're waiting on is to see when Tiger is going to get in the mix. An interesting market. Man, I know you'd love to. I'm sure you would love to go underneath, right? Due to the way the course is playing, there, there are specials within round one, birdies or better. Tiger, to have five birdies or more, minus 125 in round one. Now, you can't bet the no on that, but do you think that that would actually, do the way things are playing early start, could that maybe make some sense for people here to back Tiger early? I mean, I guess you could. You're right, because, you know, we always talk about Tiger Woods now as opposed to 15 or 20 years ago is how is that leg going to hold up? Well, we figure it's probably going to hold up decently, at least on day one or day two. So if you're going after and scoring is low today, because this is one of those if we had an open where it was rainy or extreme winds, 25, 30 miles an hour, where, you know, the leader in the clubhouse is minus two. You'd say, no, that certainly doesn't make sense. But it looks like you can get after it and be ultra aggressive. And also, this is one of those golf courses that Tiger knows like the back of his hand. This isn't just a surprise mm -hmm. PGA championship, but a golf course Tiger's only played a practice round on. He knows exactly where to hit the golf ball. It's just up the execution. And hey, if the windy conditions are dying down, which it looks like they are for the time being, maybe he can. Because you don't, who cares about bogeys, Kevin? He could shoot 72 even par, have six birdies and six bogeys. You win that bet. Man, Ernie Els is on fire right now. My man is five under, ripping and yeah, roaring. But what is Ernie Els for a round one leader now? Hold on a minute. Hold man. on. Where's big, where's big Ern? Hold on. They're not even offering second. it up. No, they don't. They're not want, even offering up Ernie L's round one leader. They're exposed. Wow. Yeah. yeah. What's the exposure though, Donnie? Like ten dollars in wagers is like, oh no, this is going to take us yeah. for all we've got. Unbelievable. Let's get share pants scenes. take all on right. that. I mean, what's going on in the room there? Oh boy. Coming back with some NBA conversation. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. 
Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Right back at it here on the early line. Johnny right side, Ed, Kevin Walsh having some fun this morning. Just talked a little bit about the British Open. We'll see if Ernie Els can charge and be a leader by the end of round one. We'll see. So a lot of golfers that have not hit the golf course yet, but always entertaining, Kevin. In the offseason, it's the NBA. And the trade market here, still hot as ever, according to us, but apparently not a lot of information getting out. But there is one hot topic coming up right now. It's R.J. Barrett and it's Tyler Hero. And why? Because the sweepstakes that are heating up for one Donovan Mitchell. Let me just get your take on this between those two players and factors that they might play into here in the moving of some of these players across the NBA trade market. Yeah, so the report comes out yesterday that right now league executives apparently across the board view R.J. Barrett not only as more valuable than Tyler Hero, but by a wide margin. Now, right off the bat, that's super important. Well, really, it only matters if that's how they feel in Utah as we are entering the Donovan Mitchell sweepstakes. These are the two teams we are hearing the most about. Yesterday, we offered up a landing spots list for the people. I'm not sure we needed teams three, four, and five. It seems like this is Knicks versus Heat, and it very well could be done sooner than later. The problem that I have, and we can kind of talk then about potential trade packages in a minute here, is Tyler Hero was comfortably the better player between himself and R.J. Barrett, and I don't know what planet I'm living on that that is all of a sudden a hot take. Like, I understand R.J. Barrett went third in his draft class. I understand Knicks fans are excited about what he can be, but Tyler Hero wasn't handed six-man-of-the-year award for giving a couple good 15-minute stretches in a Heat uniform. Tyler Hero scored more points per game, more efficiently, in less minutes. Oh, and he averaged more assists per game. And by the way, there isn't a defensive metric you can find that tells me that R.J. Barrett was better than Tyler Hero, including the very simple steals statistic, which doesn't shine a light on R.J. Barrett more than it does Tyler Hero. And in fact, if we're going to talk age, they're the same exact age. So what really even is the conversation here? They're from the same draft class. If you prefer RJ over Tyler, we can have a nice conversation around it, Donnie. But the notion that the reigning sixth man of the year, 20-point-per-game scoring Tyler Hero is by a wide margin less valuable than RJ Barrett 
doesn't seem to be based in anything that happens on a basketball court. Now, it's a good point you bring up here because we do know in the NBA, particularly coming out of the draft or if you're coming out of high school, the projection is what the NBA teams usually care about, not what the finished product is. So if we're taking a look at both of these basketball players, obviously very good basketball players by NBA standards, are we looking at maybe we know what Tyler, which is crazy, right? Because we know, well, we know what Tyler Hero is. Yeah, he's a six-man of the year that can absolutely light it up at any time. But is there more of a future, if that makes sense, for R.J. Barrett over Tyler Hero, where you say when things are all said and done, in two or three years, the more complete player would be R.J. Barrett? Is that what they might be looking at? I, I definitely think it's what they believe. It's just not based on anything other than that's what they believe. Their preconceived notions of R.J. coming out of Duke versus Tyler coming out of Kentucky – I, I, because people are like, oh, did you see what happened to Tyler this year in the playoffs? All right, what about when he was a rookie and he scored 30-plus on Boston in the Eastern Conference Finals? I know he wasn't great this year. He was clearly injured. It's why he didn't finish the series against the Boston Celtics out. So, I, again, I it's clear what the projections are. But I don't find it to be grounded all too much in reality. Now, the truth of the matter is, Donnie, it's going to depend what Utah prefers However, here might be the biggest difference between RJ and Tyler Hero. I think only one of them might be on the table. Early reports are telling us that Tyler Hero would be the centerpiece of a Donovan Mitchell trade package, and the Knicks have no interest in moving RJ for Donovan because they want those two to play together. Makes a lot of sense there, too. Also, take a look at a beat writer here in the NBA. Ira Winderman says, quote-unquote, spoke to a Western Conference scout today here in Vegas about Donovan Mitchell. He said he has heard Heat have most interest, to be clear. The longtime scout said he would move Hero in such a deal. Now, the willingness to move one player and not, because I understand when you get a superstar caliber talent like Donovan Mitchell, what do you want him for, Kevin? You want him to pair him with other younger players so they can grow together, and the goal is to win a championship here. If you're looking from the two franchises, the Miami Heat and also, let's just say, the New York Knicks in hot pursuit of Mitchell, do you think it would be giving up Tyler Hero too much? Do you think it's giving up R.J. Barrett too much? Or can they fit this around where it makes sense for either one of these ball clubs here? Because I do think it's kind of interesting, Kevin, that the New York Knicks are saying no R.J. Barrett at this point if it means that you can't get Donovan Mitchell. Like, it has to be one and one. That's the guy that they're going to want to trade out, and that's the guy that they're going to ask for. What do you think is fair market value between the two, and who would you give up more? I guess you can't say that, right? Who would you give up more? Who do you think has more value, I guess, on the trade market to make that move? Yeah, so again, like I, I would personally be more interested in bringing in Tyler, giving him the full reins. He's a much better shooter than R.J. Barrett. He's flashed the same scoring prowess and flashed a little bit more as a passer. I know he doesn't bring the size of R.J. Barrett, which is what I think right now is probably being prioritized here in these conversations. But again, that's really not maybe enough. It's not enough for me to make the move here. Now, the interesting thing, of course, is how Utah views the two, because we know Danny Ainge, when in Boston, it's been very well reported, was super interested in drafting Tyler Hero. We're not all too sure how he values R.J. Barrett. The interesting thing, though, is Miami, I think, will be willing to part ways with Tyler and draft compensation. If the, the Knicks, I think, are willing to part ways with plenty of draft picks for Donovan Mitchell, but I don't think they're going to be willing to give you R.J. plus picks. So I don't know 
how much a potential perception around RJ versus Tyler in Utah makes up for then draft compensation. That's what makes this race so interesting. The Knicks have the picks to get this done almost immediately. Last night, Shams and The Athletic reporting that those conversations are happening right now between the Jazz and the Knicks. If all the Jazz, Donnie, are valuing our draft picks, the Knicks are in the driver's seat. And then I think we're going to find ourselves again, I'm not sure where you land on it, questioning the fit in New York. And the way we were unsure about Jalen Brunson, I don't know if I love a 1-2-3 of RJ, Donovan Mitchell, and Jalen Brunson. Because again, for me, these are three guys you'd rather have the ball in their hand while the defensive side of the floor does not paint them in a positive light. I just don't know if the fit on that big three works in the way the Knicks believe it does. Yeah, that's what's going to the next question is going to say the better fit there, right? For the Miami Heat, if they give up Tyler Hero or if the Knicks give up RJ Barrett. So if we're looking down the timeline here, it looks like Donovan Mitchell is going to be moved. And the same thing with Kevin Durant. We sort of know the teams and how it plays out. If we're taking a look today on July 14th, and no timeline, if it happens over the next three days, five days, or three weeks, or even a month, because we have some time before training camps, who do you think Donovan Mitchell actually winds up with? Do the, let's just say, the Knicks cave and give up R.J. Barrett or Tyler Hero already knows he's packing his bags from South Beach. Where do you think this winds up here? I do think the Knicks are the favorite. And I think that's just because we're hearing way more around the New York Knicks right now. So they would – and I do know that Donovan Mitchell's had that interest in, in, I think, coming to New York and Leon Rose and CAA, and that's who reps Donovan Mitchell, so there's a connection there. The Knicks, I'm sure, are doing unbelievable levels of tampering in the same way they did with Jalen Brunson. I mean, may, like if the Knicks don't get him, either the Jazz were dead set on R.J. Barrett or perhaps they get caught tampering at the highest level. But the last point I'll make here before we hit the break, we'll get to the people with the baseball preview. If Donovan Mitchell lands in Miami and Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler stay, you're talking about top five title odds. If the Knicks land Donovan Mitchell, I don't know if you're talking about top five Eastern Conference odds. Miami should be willing to be get more done because it makes them that much better. Baseball previews next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 
baseball preview coming up. A lot of fun here on the Thursday slate, and it all begins with Padres and Rockies. How about it? Now, yesterday, uh, man, Chad Cool did not help me out at all. Finished a two and one day on the strikeout market. Blake Snell and Kyle Freeland match up here in cores 11 and a half. Huge number for some day baseball. What do you see here, Colorado, San Diego? How about this one? You ready to hit the beach? Why am I asking you that in Colorado? How about this game time temperature, Kevin? As oh, one wow. of your favorite bands, maybe a little bit too old for you, 98 degrees. 98 degrees in Colorado. Now, wind is blowing in a little bit here at about eight miles an hour, so I don't really think that's going to have all that much of an impact, but hot weather there in Colorado. Typically, we would like to see some runs, but if we're trying to match up of what makes sense in this game overall, Snell on the mound. Now, typically when you try to cap this, okay, Snell's the better pedigree pitcher. We get that. Exit number for him on the 2022 season is manageable. He's having some very good numbers here versus lefty and righty batters alike. Keep in mind, Snell is a left-handed pitcher to lefties, 265 weighted on base percentage, ISO power number of a 105 to righties, 313, right around average, and an ISO power number 153, still below average. But it's also, you don't pitch that much in elevation. So sometimes you have to take some of those numbers and say, maybe you trust the home pitcher more because they're used to it here. And even though we have two pitchers that might be able to hold the bat stamp, with 98 degrees in Colorado, thin air, that ball should be able to travel today, Kevin. But the handicap is, watch out, it's hot out in Colorado. So let me then ask you this. Let, let's let's stick here for a bounce, right? Because you obviously, with the home run props, have found more yeah. success leaving day games out of the scenario. But simply yeah. just based on the the environment, this feels like home run game of the, of the decade. So, are you going to get involved here with home run shots in this game here at Coors? I mean, I, I guess if it would make sense, because when I when I look at home, just a, a little bit of an uh, insight, I guess, on what I like to look at, it's the pitcher-batter lineup here. Because you can have a higher XFIP number, which means you're giving up a lot of fly balls. But I still like to look at that, how does the pitcher do with weighted on base percentage versus lefties? How does that lefty batter do against lefty pitchers here? And quite frankly, looking at Snell, his numbers are very good on both sides. So even though you have a Colorado team that, quite frankly, hits much better at home than they do on the road, I don't see any of those guys that are going to line up for me because I don't have an advantage one way or another. Now, here's an interesting one. Yesterday, I did take Jake Cronenworth for a home run prop, and he did hit first batter of the game, left the yard. Those are always nice. But even Freeland, who's a left-handed pitcher with a high XFIP, he's done okay, Kevin, against right-handed batters here. 318 weighted on base percentage, 170 ISO power number because the guys that you will be looking at today would be a Manny Machado, a 329 ISO power number against left-handed pitching here in 2022. Jorge Alfaro, a two. 60 ISO power number against left-handed pitching, but his numbers, talking about Kyle Freeland as a left-handed pitcher, they're not elevated enough for a right-handed batter, but again, you're in cores, you're at 98 degrees, and how many times do you hear me say, sometimes you have to take that leap of faith, like saying, all right, now I know the numbers don't stack up perfectly, but I got a gut feeling in 98 degrees at Coors Field, that ball is going to be flying today, and maybe so. Yeah, certainly something to keep our eye on today, that three uh, around 3 p.m. Eastern time start in Coors. Braves, Nats, next game on the slate. Let me just quickly say, what a series for the Mets. I understand that their fans and their backers have been burned many of times by them over the long run. I got you. 
But we cannot do the doom and gloom thing every single time with the Mets. They went into the most important series that baseball has offered up on the road against the Braves team that never loses. And they take two out of three, and they did it, I think, in impressive fashion with a dominant win in game three, a Scherzer ace start in game number one. The New York Mets are the best team in the NL East. The Braves are hot. The Braves are going to handle their business. The Mets, to me, never needed to win this division to go as far as I think they're going to go. And for those that don't remember, I picked the Mets to win the World Series before this season. This team, Donnie, is fantastic. DeGrom will be back. They will add at the deadline and absolutely have a right to the claim of best team in the National League. Yeah, that's the way, and that's the way it's going to be because we're projecting for championships, right? Not so much about how many wins you're going to have in the regular season. If you ask the Mets front office here, Kevin, right, about their team and the way it's structured, what would be better for you? Winning a division but not having Jacob DeGrom for the playoffs or making the wild card but having a healthy Max Scherzer and Jacob DeGrom pitching yep. well? It's pretty clear and evident of what they would take. It's, it's about winning championships, not about how many wins or, hey, we got the 100 wins this year. No, you want to see how your pitching staff lines up overall. And also, who are they going to add at the deadline? doesn't look like there's a lot of high-name pitchers where like a Louis Castillo is actually the biggest name on the market to try to peel him out of Cincinnati to get him. So I don't think another Max Scherzer or a Jacob deGrom is on the market here. But for the New York Mets, the best team, how are you defined? Just like in the NFL. Who's got the best quarterback? Usually the best teams. Who's got the best frontline pitching? Usually the best teams in Major League Baseball. Yeah, certainly so. All right, so Braves Nats today. It's Kyle Wright against mm. Anibal Sanchez. Minus 220 on the road. As a big number on the road. I mean, it's minus 137 juice if you're going to look to lay a run line here. Total nine and a half. How do you match it up with the Braves and the Nats? Here's what's wrong about Major League Baseball. And the reason I brought the, first of all, the, the Atlanta Braves would roll in this game. But the flawed sport of baseball in so many ways, you take a look at the Baltimore Orioles. And uh, the joke is like Adley Rushman's like the oldest rookie of all time, even though he's the best player in the minor league system. Why? Because you keep your best players down long so you don't start their clock and you have to pay them sooner. An absolutely ludicrous way to do business. But that's what baseball does. And you say, well, Donnie, why are you talking about the Baltimore Orioles and a rookie? Because I'm going to equate it now to the Washington Nationals of what makes zero sense. You know the last time we saw Anibal Sanchez was? Back in 2020. You know his ERA was? Close to seven. He's getting a start in this game. Why? Because the Nationals stink and have no chance at winning anything. So they have a decent prospect pool of pitchers in their minor league system, Kevin. So is it better to start Anibal Sanchez on a, uh, you know, finality tour where you can say your goodbyes as if he's like one of the best pitchers of all time. The point of bringing Anibal Sanchez into this is not to win baseball games. It's so, Kevin, you don't have to burn a minor league pitcher to get his clock started or he might be good. You might have to pay him sooner. This is so ludicrous that the only fate of this game is I hope Atlanta busts them up nine to nothing by the fourth inning to show this ridiculousness in Major League Baseball. Anibal Sanchez hasn't pitched in a few years and it wasn't like, hey, you know, he's coming back from injury. He was dominant. No, his ERA was close to seven the last time we saw him bring up one of your better minor league pitchers and get the clock started so at least you can be competitive here Atlanta Braves should run away with this game a rare principal play from Donnie where he's essentially frustrated <laughs> at the approach yeah. coming from the uh the Washington Nationals there I'm not too mad at it although uh, I'll tell you what the red the Reds probably look at that approach and they say yeah our time's coming there's only a couple more this might be you never know the last start that Louis Castillo makes as a Cincinnati Red. He's going to do it, though, as a decent dog. Yanks, better than minus 200 at home 
for this game, which is what you would expect as Nestor Cortez gets the ball. Yangsto have not had easy sledding so far against Cincinnati here. What are the expectations for today? Now, when we take a look sometimes at the 2022 season in its totality here, look at Nestor Cortez. And this is what I'm going to bring up right now, which just makes this fascinating game for me. Uh, weighted on base percentage, Nestor Cortez on the season. He's a left-handed pitcher to left-handed batters, Kevin. A 147 ISO power, excuse me, 147 weighted on base percentage, which is fantastically low. And also an ISO power number of 063. Absolutely dominant. To right-handed batters on the season, Kevin, he's faced 303 of those. 296 weighted on base percentage and an ISO power number of 187, which is a little bit higher than what you would like. But for the totality of the season, he's been good. But let's dip into some numbers, Kevin, over the last 30 days here for Nestor Cortez. XFIP number approaching five and also still dominant, though, against left-handed batters. 19 of those he's faced over the past 30 days. An 036 weighted on base percentage and an ISO power number of zero. Say, man, it's getting better and better every single time you bring up some of these statistics for Nestor, Donnie. What gives here? I'll tell you what gives right-handed batters against the lefty Nestor Cortez in the past 30 days. I just told you he had 303 batters on the season where he's done well against right-handed batters. But if you take a look at the last 30 days, he's faced 86 of those, Kevin. Look at this. A weighted on base percentage of a 422, an ISO power number of a 350. This isn't one start or five batters or 10 batters. That's 86 batters here. So if you're looking from a perspective saying, do you want to back the Reds? They're a bad baseball team. They're probably going to lose. But maybe a team total opens up here against Nestor Cortez we're going to be able to stack right-handed batters it looks like only one lefty doing the lineup today is Joey Votto the rest from the right-hand side and also just to compound that here from a Reds perspective over the last 30 days how have they fared versus left-handed pitching in Major League Baseball, take a look at this, Kevin. Drury, a 492 weighted on base percentage. Fam, 367. Votto, who is a lefty at a 320. Stevenson, 869. Now, granted, that's only two at-bats here against lefties. But Farmer, 435. Senzel, 487. Is there a chance that we could get some damage done by the Reds here over the first five innings or so against Cortez? Maybe so. Reds, uh, team total checks in at a flat three, minus 128. To Look the over in the first five, they are a plus uh, 144 on the money line. And if you take plus the half a run, you're still getting a plus price at plus 104. So perhaps an opportunity where the Reds' offense makes sense with Louis Castillo getting the ball here, plus one, you know, almost plus 170 on the money line. You want to take the run yeah. line, maybe. I'm sure people will be interested in that. I will mention on Cortez in a positive aspect, his strikeout prop does catch the eye. Cincinnati, high strikeout team. Projections are there early, didn't get it against Boston, but did have it in the prior two starts. So Cortez is certainly going to be somebody that I will be taking a look at here on today's slate. We're coming up against the break. A lot more to preview on the baseball board. There's Royals, Blue Jays, and basically nobody being around uh, for, I mean, I don't know how you're going to go about that game and plenty more. You keep it right here. It is the early line on SportsGrid. We'll be right back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. 
It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Blue Jays This is, I think, what people thought every single Toronto Blue Jay home game was going to look like all year long. Yes, it's back. Hold on. Put up. Put up the game odds. We haven't had one of these in a while. Look at the odds here for Toronto, Kansas City. I don't know. Now, they've actually gone and added a money line. We don't have a run line. We We don't have a Kansas City starter. We don't have a total. But we know that Toronto is minus 375 against Kansas City. Sure. I mean, honestly, the Royals are already bad. No Benintendi, no Whit Merrifield. Like, Donnie, is their team total today against Gaussman a two? I don't know if it's going to be that low at this point, but that's why they're struggling right now. You take a look at the FanDuel Sportsbook saying, like, what is it actually going to be posted at? Like, what's the lowest have we seen? Have we seen twos before? Like, two minus, like, 140? I don't know if we've gotten that low, have we? Man, like, usually it's three. Against a really good pitcher, and it's like, you know, minus mm-hmm. 120 at that point. It, that'd be Now, if it was principal play time, if it's a two, uh, we get old Vinny and the boys over there for Kansas City, maybe get a run at that two, man. I'm going to have to take it out of principal at that point. I'm almost thinking the other way, that if it's a three, it's just like free play on the under. They had to score four runs. In what world? That pass, they, Pasquarantino, Oliveris, O'Hearn, Rivera, Waters, Prado, Rivero. <laughs> I mean, yeah, make believe names. You could have, yes. you, you could have slipped a Max Caster in there at any moment. Yep. I don't think anybody would have batted oh. an eye. I mean, yep. my goodness gracious. Flat the move. So that's yeah. so that so that's uh man. So that's that game. All right, great breakdown. Red Sox Rays, and we've actually got some odds here. Rouse Moose in one of my favorites against Crawford. Minus 134, minus 132. It's all fluctuating on Tampa Bay right now against Boston. Seven and a half, though. Light numbers here for these two teams. How does it line up in this AL East game? Yeah, maybe take a look here at one of those leap of faiths that we talk about here where it doesn't quite match up, but you could see it playing out that way. So first of all, when you take a look at playing down in the drop, you know, overs don't scream, and that's why it's listed at a 7.5 here at the FanDuel Sportsbook. But let's take a look at the matchup here, particularly from a Tampa Bay, you know, 1 through 9 versus Crawford, who's a right-handed pitcher. XFIP close to 5. He's actually had a very good season here, Kevin, against right-handed batters. And keep in mind, again, Crawford is a right-handed pitcher. Weighted on base percentage, 287. ISO power number 079. That's doing it, man. That, that's keeping those bats quiet. But here's the issue that he runs into. 
left-handed batters against him this season. 63 plate appearances for lefties going up against Crawford, the right-handed pitcher. A 348 weighted on base percentage and a 259 ISO power number. So let's flip it over to see what we're going to get out of that one through nine for the Tampa Bay Rays today. Troy will be a lefty. Aranda will be a lefty. Looks like Lowe, Mejia, Phillips, who switch hitter and Wall. So we got one, two, three, four, five, as many as six left-handed batters, whether it be true lefties or switch hitters, going up against Crawford today. So if I'm going to try to slide it down to get an updated number here on a team total for the Tampa Rays here at the FanDuel Sportsbook, it looks like we are coming in here at, let's see, at a four, at a plus 102. So maybe that number might even hmm. shift to a three-and-a-half number. I think if we're looking at this game overall, do I love a ton of runs to be scored? Not necessarily, because Rasmussen's a decent pitcher. You have a decent lineup there, and also, as I said, in a pitcher's ballpark. But maybe one of those where you're not really looking at team totals, particularly many times on the Rays. Sneaky here. Even though those left-handed bats aren't that great, maybe they can get to Crawford today, who has struggled a little bit here with left-handed batters in 2022. Yeah, not a, a bad look at all. Look, this is a game, I don't want to say it's a, a big game for Boston, but you talk about momentum in, in this AL wildcard race. Being able to, you know, take a uh, pair of games consecutively off the Yanks is tremendous. You now drop three in a row to Tampa on the verge of a four-game sweep. If you're the Boston Red Sox, far from what you're looking for, and then you go to New York for three. You will be a dog in all of those games, I'm not saying they're going to lose out, but, you know, uh, losing a, a seven-game losing streak, obviously miserable, but even dropping, you know, all but one, you can't have that if you're Boston with the way the, the, the L is lining up here. So it's a big game for them today to see if they can find themselves in the win column. The Guardians are another team that are trying to stay in that race for the AL wild card. The Detroit Tigers are not. Better than minus 240 right now on Cleveland. How about that? I mean, that's a huge number to see the Guardians check in at here today. How much of that is to do with Rodriguez? How much is that to do with the Tigers not being able to hit? Yeah, off the top of my head, I don't actually know who the Tigers general manager is, but if I'm upper management ownership and I look at this team, they'd be like, how did you build a lineup that might be the single worst in the history of baseball on a day-to-day -day basis when we just take a look about numbers, whether it's ISO power numbers, weighted on base percentage, strikeouts, nobody walked. I mean, it is a horrendous lineup, which is why it wasn't really so much a handicap of this game. It's just that a Tristan McKenzie is priced basically like a Max Scherzer tonight because of how yeah. bad the Detroit is and also the pitcher that you're getting from a Detroit perspective. If I'm looking at the numbers today, 24 pitchers on my card, minimum of 20 innings in 2022. Elvin Rodriguez is dead last at a 139 XFIP minus a 551 XFIP number here. So if I'm looking and saying, maybe you're actually getting a bargain on the Guardians today, my goodness, but that's how bad. So you have a horrendous starting pitcher and a horrendous team, one through nine. Guardians look like a nice parlay piece today. How about that? How also, though, Ben, let's see how quickly we can mm -hmm. operate here. A run to the window, early morning strikeout prop under Tristan McKenzie. Now, oh. listen, Tigers stink. I got gotcha. you. Mm. That minus 130 on a six and a half, I don't think is going to be there for long. Double projections, obviously, looking nice. The Detroit team does not strike out as bad as they are. They're just awful. It doesn't mean that they strike out all the time. On the McKenzie under last go-around when he saw Kansas City, and it matches here again. I'm telling you now, I'm going to be on this, minus 130, under 6.5 Tristan McKenzie. It, 
People have done this to me before, too. I'm worried I'm not going to be able to get in as people are out there potentially running to the window. So let me try and pass the baton back to you on our next game, which is Dodgers-Cardinals. Huge comeback for the Dodgers late against St. Louis. And they're favored once again here today. Anderson, Hudson, total is a nine. What are you doing with St. Louis in L.A.? Yeah, if we take a look, you know, sometimes we like to equate those full season statistics with 30-day numbers here to try to make them make some sense. So if I'm looking from a Dodgers perspective, it might be the team total for the Dodgers that catches my attention. You see the total in the game at 9 and the Dodgers priced at a minus 154, which you can agree with that because the Dodgers 1 through 9 are very good each and every night. And as long as they have an average pitcher on the mound, they're typically favored. Well, let's take a look at the last 30 days for Hudson, the right-handed pitcher here for the Cardinals. He's done well against lefties, right around average 322 on base percentage iso power number very low though here at an 061 but if we take a look from the right hand side over the last 30 days his weighted on base percentage versus right-handed batters is a 383 now let's take a look at the dodgers lineup today and again condense the season from them from a full season down to 30 days with what this lineup has been doing against right-handed pitching over the last 30 days it's been absolutely sensational nine batters in the lineup tonight kevin the lowest guy on the totem pole here versus right-handed pitching over the last 30 days is Max Muncy, 81 at-bats. He's got a 134 ISO power number. Everybody else at least a 183 or higher. And if we take a look at weighted on-base percentages here, last 30 days for this Dodgers lineup against right-handed pitching, seven of those nine batters above a 326. So if I'm looking to just isolate this game for myself, let's keep those Dodgers bats in the lineup tonight and see if they can take down a team total. Yeah, look, that team's awesome. They're a lot of fun to back. They had a huge comeback last night win last against night? St. Louis. Yeah, no, that I mean, it was crazy. Like, and the worst part was, if you I don't know if anybody was watching late, Bellinger hits uh, as a nice base hit. Barnes is coming around third base trying to score from second. Falls on his face. You're like, oh, they're going to gun him, and this game's going to end. <laughs> he gets back to third, and Cody, because of the all the madness, ends it, it's all of a sudden second and third. So it actually weirdly worked out for them. They cash both runs in. They win the game. And obviously, that's just the way the Dodgers operate. They're consistently landing in the win column. Here we go. Astros, Angels. I don't know. Do you want me to handle this for you? Uh, the Astros are going to win. Yeah, go ahead. Because Otani doesn't have the ball. Uh, there you go. There's your breakdown. We've got about three minutes of, of time here. We can just sit and talk about anything. I mean, I don't know, Donnie. I bet there's about a 0% chance you're going to tell me there's value on the Los Angeles Angels, I think. Yeah, we're, we're going to take a look at Detmers in a second. But by the way, just that last score update that you had there with the Cardinals-Dodgers. It was one of those games where I saw the last update for me was 6 to nothing. So as you read that off, I'm like, hey, what's Kevin Reed? Like a three-day-old like scorecard right here? I to <laughs> into that to see if they actually won that game. Because like a late guy said, they were down 6 to nothing when I went to bed. My goodness, man. Yeah. Baseball changes quickly here, particularly with those bullpens. But you're right, Detmers. I don't know what you want to take a look at. Full season, 30 days, how they match up now. This is where it gets juicy here because sometimes when you condense some of these markets down from full season, which the Astros have very good numbers, and again, Detmers doesn't have very good numbers. But if you really take a look at it over the past 30 days and look at Detmers, he's a left-handed pitcher here. He actually has a strikeout rate, Kevin, of 31% of the batters that he's faced over the last 30 days. But get this. He's been dominant. He's a lefty pitcher against left-handed batters. But against right-handed bats, 
He's faced 45 batters over the past 30 days, a 396 weighted on base percentage, and a 359 ISO power number. Now, taking a look here at the ISO power numbers here for the Astros going up against lefty pitchers over the last 30 days, they're off the charts. Altuve, 500. Pena, 385. Tucker, 313. Gurriel, 286. McCormick, 231. And how about this? Martin Maldonado, 20 at-bats versus left-handed pitching last 30 days, an ISO power number of 368. So just to equate that in layman's terms, that means Kevin and I could go out there and probably take Reed Detmers deep tonight here, the way that Martin Maldonado is at a 368. That lineup looks like it's ready to pounce tonight, and I'm pretty sure they're going to be angry after getting dominated by Otani yesterday. They should have a pretty good performance today at the plate. Detmers is one of my favorite guys to break down because there's always this caveat here of this guy for a no-hitter this year. Yeah. And he yeah. and the numbers will be like, yeah, he's fade material uh, at any and all times. I want to give people a little insight quickly to some of the strikeout stuff. Framber Valdez. He's got a six and a half. It's minus 144 under right now. Typically, I go through all this, and the projections say that that number might be a little bit too high. But this is where you then don't just go straight, straight projections. You have to try and add in a little bit more information on your own. Nobody strikes out more than the Los Angeles Angels as a team. And that's okay. Sometimes you sell high, and you can create some value. However, sometimes you have to just say, okay, this is a little extreme. Christian Javier last night was not great. He only went three and two-thirds inning. He struck out 10 Los Angeles Angels. Framber Valdez, last time he went out, it was against Oakland. Only three Ks in eight innings of work. Oh, that's got to be an under. How about the game before that, though? Against the Angels. Six innings. 13 strikeouts. No thank you. It's a full pass. I cannot get involved, Donnie, with the team like the Los Angeles Angels on an under right now. I have to step away because of the rate that they strike out at. My goodness, they do strike out a lot. Who even knows if Otani is going to be in the lineup tonight? Maybe he needs an extra day off before the All-Star mm. break. It's incredible. The strikeout prop king, KW? Oh, sign wow, us up. Wow, we're, 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 we're doing what we can, folks. I people like are getting the mix. I feel bad I couldn't. I can't, I can't tweet out the Tristan McKenzie thing to the people there. So if you tuned in, you got yourself Twitter's a nice down. little exclusive. Listen up, by the way, is coming up as is. Game number one of the Sports Grid basketball team. You better believe I'm out there. Oh, running the point, smooth operating. DRS is going out from here. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. 
Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Line, Sirius XM Channel 159, right here on the Sports Grid Network. A nice, glorious Thursday morning here in July. Myself, Donnie Wrightside, and Kevin Walsh, as always, bringing that heat for the two hours before we hand it over to the rest of your Sports Grid programming, which includes the morning after here with Ben Stevens. Now, we went over a lot of topics today. Trade market there in the NBA, the British Open in full swing, waiting on the NFL to start up here with training camp. But one of my favorite things just got announced yesterday, and it's called the Silly Season in College Basketball. Listen up. I'm a handicapper. I like to break things down. I like to analyze. But the one thing I never quite could understand how to analyze correctly was the NCAA basketball season, Silly Season. Donnie, what do you mean the Silly Season? All these games count the same, and they do. But starting typically in the month of November, you have basketball teams that don't even pick up conference play all the way through the month of November into December, and we wait till after the new year before you play like opponents, being Big Ten versus Big Ten, Pac-12, whatever's left of it, versus the Pac-12, SEC versus SEC, ACC versus ACC, right? Come on now. Now we just saw yesterday Gonzaga, Michigan State, to play on the USS Abraham Lincoln on November 11th. You heard that right. The Abraham Lincoln, if you know what that is, that's an aircraft carrier. So think this out here. Opening up the season, how do you handicap this? We don't know how some of these college kids are going to be coming from high school to playing in major Division I college basketball games and also playing on an aircraft carrier. We laugh when we play in games like AT&T Stadium. Can you imagine as a college kid pulling up from three Missing it all, and where does your ball end up? I don't know, in the ocean at that point? I don't know how these kids are going to do it, but quite frankly, I don't know how you people do it out here and handicap games that are played on places like the aircraft carrier USS Abraham Lincoln. My goodness here, wild stuff here. That's the way it is. Stay tuned for more on the grid. That's Stevens in the morning after coming right up next. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.